Hello, my friends. This is Andy and Hedy coming to you live from your Belinda, California, with the Living Fearless Devotional on Sunday, August 21st. Hi, everyone. <laughs> how are you? We finally got a, a, a pretty close representation of how it really looks outside. Yes. I kind of like that. Res uh, <laughs> <laughs> resurrectministry.com. You can find, please go to the site if you're interested in seeing more of our content, if you missed a past show. You will find all of it um, there, and you'll find some other cool resources, Bible resources, uh, past sermons of uh, some of our favorite pastors, as well as worship leaders and um, worship music that may uh, that you may enjoy. And you could drop us a line in the comment section, or if you're interested in partnering with us, and if you're interested in partnering with us, uh, please use the uh, donate now button. Uh, and contribute whatever your heart uh, leads you to do. Hello, Iris. How are you? Hi, Iris. And thank you for commenting right away. That is awesome. Yes. Iris didn't have to be told to comment. Yes. But those of you that have not yet commented, do. Oh, there's Kate. See? Hi, Kate. It's contagious. When somebody comments, then it begins to flow. And we actually have some great conversation with some of the questions that we got asked. We had a great conversation with a viewer, um, not last night, but the night before. Yes. Off of uh, YouTube, I believe. Uh, it was awesome. Really, really good questions. And now you guys have good questions, so let them fly. Or just simply tell us what you think about the devotional and what it, uh, God is speaking to you. We're reading from uh, Morning by Morning by Charles Spurgeon. Uh, and again, this is August 21st. And it uh, the reference is Proverbs 11.25 that says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. This verse teaches us a great lesson. To receive, we must give. To accumulate, we must scatter. Mm. To make ourselves happy, we must make others happy. And to become spiritually strong, we must seek the spiritual good of others. How is it when, how is it, how is it that when we refresh others, we ourselves are refreshed? Our efforts to be useful actually bring our, out our abilities for usefulness. We all have latent talents and dormant skills that are brought to light through exercise. Mm -hmm. Our full strength is hidden even from ourselves until we venture out to fight the Lord's battles or to climb mountains of difficulty. We will never know what tender sympathy we possess until we attempt to dry a widow's tears or soothe an orphan's grief. Oh. That just reminded me of something. We often discover that in attempting to teach others, we are taught. And what gracious lessons some of us have learned while visiting at the sick beds of others. We endeavor to teach the scriptures and come away blushing that we know so little of them. In our conversations with poor saints, we are taught the way of God more perfectly for ourselves and gain a deeper insight into God's divine truth. <laughs> Thus, refreshing others brings humility. We discover how much grace there is in places we had never looked for, never looked for it, and learn just how far a poor saint may surpass us in knowledge. Our own comfort is increased as well by serving others. We endeavor to cheer with, with them, to cheer them, and the consolation gladdens our own hearts. Like the two men recently trapped in the snow, one rubbed the other's limbs to keep him from dying, and in doing so, saved his own life because the rubbing kept his own blood circulating. That's good. 
the poor widow of Zarephath gave from her meager means from the prophet's, prophet Elijah's needs. And from that day forward was never in want again. Amen. Therefore, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over. That's what it, Luke 6.38. So this part here of... Um, Consoling the widow. Consoling the widow, which was, yeah, there it is. Um, the uh, tender sympathy we possess until we attempt to dry a widow's tears or soothe an orphan's grief. Yes. It was, um, it was the tears on that woman's face sitting in the center medium, standing in the center medium at Imperial Highway and La Palma that grabbed my my heart yes and it shouldn't take that really but it did <laughs> well, but, also because you oh you mean you shouldn't you should have sympathy for a homeless person regardless of the tears maybe huh? yeah. <laughs> and, and just so those of you that are watching that don't know this as a police officer i dealt with a lot of homeless people and i would say a large portion of them um were very difficult to deal with because they didn't want to not be homeless. They enjoyed being homeless. And every time we tried to help them, they, you know, yelled at us and said, you know, leave us alone. And then we ended up getting a fight and then we have to arrest them and take them to jail. Um, or they were drunk or they were uh, under the influence of narcotics and it would cause us to, you know, all kinds of stuff. So over time you harden, your heart hardens for a group of people. And I know that's not good. I know that, but 21 years of it, you know. Now God is giving you a heart of flesh. He's <laughs> taking your heart of stone and giving you a heart of flesh. Yeah, but there were moments. I mean, I, I, in sex crimes, I, I, I investigated a few crimes that were uh, sexual assaults on, on women that were homeless, uh, attacked by other homeless men. And I had a couple of those cases and, uh, you know, felt sad for them. Um, but yet it, it's, it's just not my, my strength. Uh, but this kind of reminded me that, that, that the tears, you know, um, from that woman really moved me. Yes. And um, I was, I'm thankful for that. That, that it isn't, that's, that's, it's not telling any, saying anything great about me. It's saying that, wow, it, it, that's what it takes. That's what it took for me. And I think God used that in a very powerful way and said, listen, you, you have to be more open to each individual and what it is they may nice. go through and take that into consideration. Yeah. Don't, don't jump to conclusions. Yeah. So that was pretty good. That's it. That's the thing that really just, for whatever reason, the second time reading it struck me. What about you in this devotional? Uh, well, it was our divine appointment this morning mm. at church. <laughs> I was uh, to share with the audience. I was prompted. There was a young lady that was in the newcomers rows in our church at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And she was with a young boy and uh, the, I don't know, I just felt led the, the, the spirit telling me to give this young boy a piece of candy. And then my flesh was saying, oh no, the mom's not, I don't know if it's one of those moms that's going to say candy, candy, candy. And I debated like, how am I going to do this thing? And so I, I ended up giving it in between the two of them so that the mom could hold on to it if she didn't want to allow him to eat it. But it basically opened the door for when, service was over for us to be able to talk and well, it's just the most ex 
like just devastating, extraordinary, mind-blowing story of trauma that this woman has endured and has just the light of Christ on her face. I just, I couldn't mm. even believe the things that were coming out of her mouth with the expression she had on her face. It was just remarkable. And um, it just gave us a chance to pray for her and to ask her how we could um, help. And, and actually, she had had a bad experience, as if some of you may recall. Me and Andy have discussed about some of our ushers at our church are a little bit harsh. And so she had had a very jarring experience with one of the ushers. So it gave us a chance to fix her mood or so to speak, or her impression of the church afterwards. But I don't, I actually learn about my capacity for compassion by being of service. And I often ask the Lord to allow me to be of service because exactly as this devotional says, we ourselves are refreshed. We do not know our capacity until we're put in the position to demonstrate our capacity. That was an amazing divine appointment. I, I, I'm, I'm always, I should never be shocked, but I'm still <laughs> somewhat like, wow, like how, who would have known? You know, right? who, this young lady sitting in front of us with a small child, what was he, like five? Yes. Um, that was actually pretty good, considering he was in yeah. a, a very long uh, service. Hour and a half. Um, but, you know, and but was doing the hand motions to the sign, the signer. He was so uh, cute. The sign language lady, she's like, off to our right. And he was trying to mimic her sign languages. And that was amazing during the worship and even during some of the message. Yeah. And then Jack told a couple jokes and he laughed out loud at the jokes. And he's he had no idea what Jack was saying. Yeah. But um, uh, it was, a, it was a, a, a cute kid. And so there's this real cute moment happening in front of us and this was her first time at the church yes. she came all the way from northern california down to her first experience at her church but unfortunately her first experience was very negative and um i do want to say that um i'm so happy that you did give her that candy so that we had a say had a chance to i mean i'm sure the message was amazing I, i'm sure that saved the day she said she couldn't even concentrate um, she said she was so worried about her son fidgeting thinking she was going to get kicked out jack no, yeah, and thinking well, she's going to get kicked me. out. Yeah, that if she distract, if her son distracts Jack, they're oh. going to kick him out of the sanctuary. She's like, I just sit there terrified. I couldn't even concentrate because of the usher, not because of any other reason. Yeah. So, but it did allow us to have that conversation with her and hopefully turned it around a little bit. And yes, said, exactly. Said, you know what you what you're feeling about that man? You you are right. <laughs> well, it's about him. It's not the church. Yeah, it's it's just church. him. He's he's been doing it too long. You yeah. know, he was yelling at a bunch of people today. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> but out of that then comes so much yeah. so much information um about what she's been through just devastating uh, information yeah and, and it's like that you know i often uh say this where i think you know you never know what's going on with the person until you start talking to them and yeah. it could be you again once you think that you have you know tri trials and tribulations somebody opens their mouth and you go oh wow <laughs> wow I, we, yeah. we have nothing it was her daughter was trafficked in sex trafficking and then just finally ended up passing away from a drug overdose from a fentanyl overdose. Young, uh, young girl, maybe 19. Yeah. So beautiful. It's just terrible. So uh, that this devotional is exactly on point uh, today is that it's really, it's really these acts of service that teach us how, and we refresh our own soul. Simply by refreshing others, we refresh our own soul. 
And it's, uh, it's a great opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus whenever we can. And I'm going to speak to my, about myself. This has nothing to do with you. Okay. But, um, you know, this is not to say anything about us or me, you know, in this moment, whether I talk to somebody or give money to a homeless person. Because if it was left to me, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to anybody. But it's, <laughs> but it's the Holy Spirit. I mean, it really is oh, the Holy Spirit sure. and God working in us and, and saying to us, stop and talk. Roll down your window. Hand the girl some money. Um, you know, hand the child and the mom some candy. Because, yeah, I would never do that. Otherwise, no. I'm actually kind of selfish. <laughs> Especially about my candy in church. I've got three pieces. I have three pieces and I have to give him one piece. So me sacrificing my last piece of candy in church was a big deal. I know it sounds ridiculous to you, but yeah. So I was like, give me your candy. And I was like, my candy. And I actually ended up telling her that. I'm like, you know, I always have candy in church. So that's why. And I never give it to anybody else. But, I never uh... do. But the Lord said, give me your candy. Stop being so selfish. <laughs> no, but it was clear to me uh, by the instruction that it was going to lead to something mm. that's that it, it wasn't just it wasn't just be generous give the candy it was a, it was an entryway and that's that's what i felt in my heart that he made clear mm -hmm. um as opposed to like sitting next to one of our friends kids and being yep. like, okay make sure you offer to him with something that's more of a courtesy yep. he made it clear because i did it in the middle of service so she's concentrating or whatever you know on the message and i'm like yeah you want a piece of candy <laughs> It was a little awkward. I'm, like, I'm going to be honest. It was a little awkward, but. But it worked. It worked. I mean, it worked to, you know, for his glory because we were able to spend maybe about 10, 15 minutes with her. Yes. And hear what she had to say and able to share that yeah. you guys had some commonality. Yes. Which was very interesting, too. I'm telling you, it was just shocking. I was sitting there listening to this, this back and forth, and I'm going, my God, how does he put you and her together? I mean, how is that possible? Because there's nobody else in the sanctuary. There are 3,000 people in that sanctuary. I don't know one other person where this connection was was so perfect. Yes, it was. And we know a lot of people in that sanctuary, but the, the, her story, like, I went, wait, what? That's you all know, God, right? Do you, know, do you know her story? That's all God. Wow. So take the time. Listen, to that, listen to that voice. Ever since I ignored that one lady who obviously needed prayer. You won't do it again. No, I won't do it again. I mean, that's so, uh, uh, and the voice has become so much clearer. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and, well, I, I can't say I'll never do it again. I'm going to do my, I'm going to, I'm going to follow God's prompting. And I really, really, really um, want to work on following that, uh, following those directions. I get nervous. It's not that I'm just simply a horrible person, but I get nervous. Oh, what, yeah, what if they ask me a question? I don't know the answer. What if they uh, ask me, you know, about something and I, and I say something wrong and it's not correct. That's the other thing I, I, I'm not, you know, I, that's why I asked you so many questions because I go, is this saying what I think it says? I'm really not sure because I'm so concerned about, um, you know, just saying something that's not biblical oh. or not right or not correct. I, I, I do love saying something and then, and then having the conversation. Yeah, and evangelists always say, you know, if it's something that's really complicated theologically, you can always say, I don't know that off the top of my head, but I'd be happy to follow mm. up and give you that information later. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So, Ira says, I really enjoyed that conversation the other night between you and Rafan. Oh, thank you.
thank you. So did I. I love being peppered with questions from Muslims. (laughs) I just wish there were more. Yeah. It was so, oh, it means the world to me to get a chance to to just talk a little bit about the gospel. It's Mm -hmm. especially someone that I I can detect is open to it. It's really nice. That was awesome. We've been talking about that ever since it happened. Robert says, God is awesome. He sure is. Absolutely. It's amazing. Um, uh, let's get the scripture first. I was going to talk about the message today, but I think we need to do this first. Uh, so in the devotional, there's some references. One of them is Proverbs 11:25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Perfect. And this one's a little bit longer. This, this is, is the story of Elijah and the widow at Zarephath that they reference in the devotional. Then the word of the Lord. So if you if you recall at this point in the story, uh, Elijah, Kings. huh? First Kings 17. Uh, yeah, I wasn't I hadn't oh. said it yet. Oh. So at this point of the scripture, Elijah is being led out of the cave. So he's been hiding and he's been, you know, licking his wounds, and now it's time for him to come out. So first Kings 17, 8, 24, and the Lord sends him to this widow to get him fed. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and said, can you bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink? And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have any bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. (laughs) And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go, do as you've said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. You imagine how much faith that took for her to do that. She went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. And now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come here to bring me my sin in remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. And he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son? And he stretched himself out across the child three times you know they, they say that he was face to face like his entire body was lined up on the child and he did this three times and cried out to the lord and said oh lord my god i pray let this child's soul come back to him then the lord heard the voice of elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he was revived and elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother and said see here your son lives And the woman said to Elijah, now by this I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. Amen. Mm. Such a good story. 
such a such a good event. Yeah. No, but not so good. Story implies it's not true. Luke six thirty eight. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Where'd it go? <laughs> I want to bring that back up. Um, it's right down there. I see it. <laughs> Let's see. Um, the Bible always describes there's. Oh, here it is. Are, are, are miracles meant only to awe us as we marvel at their improbability, or do they serve another purpose? In, in part, miracles are indeed meant to inspire us. Who isn't awed by a God capable of parting a sea or bringing a dead person back to life? But the Bible always describes miracles happening in specific contexts. Only after Elijah's prayers in, and in response to his faith did God bring the boy back to life. The miracle also proved to the child's mother that Elijah's message was from God. The Bible tells us that the miraculous signs recorded in the Bible help us to believe in God. So today's message um, where uh, Pastor Jack was talking about, um, you know, some of the uh, aspects of, um, of pastors, how they're, they're, or were we talking about this earlier? I can't remember which one it was now, but we were talking about, um, you know, the, the pastors are so busy trying to please, I think we were having this conversation, so busy trying to please the parishioners mm -hmm. and to keep them happy by giving them these, uh, you know, happy messages, happy messages and, and not go too far into the greatness of God and how, you know, we need to follow God's word and the Bible is true. But they're saying, well, you know, it's mostly true, you know, and they begin to change some of the context of it and that kind of stuff. And I, 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 I just was reading this or, you know, when I was reading this earlier before we came on, is the Bible tells us that the miraculous signs recorded in the Bible help us to read, to believe in God. Because when I go back to how I was, you know, before, um, you know, where Jesus appeared to me there in, in Utah, that that's where I was. I was thinking that these are just great stories and they make for a good example of the possibilities if it were true or you know it, it's more about you know get, getting you kind of excited about you know the story of god as opposed to the the truth yes and what actually happened and that kind of stuff and so um it just always reminds me of that how different i am now when i hear these stories is that i go wow that's I can't believe that that happened. It's so great that that happened. As a book before, when I look at it, I go, oh, that's a cool story. And then move on to the next thing. I know it's a really long explanation, but I think that that's just a different way of looking at these miracle stories is that um, they're amazing. And just wished I would have, you know, sometimes wished I would have been there to watch that happen. Oh, in the old days, you mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, I know where it was. It was on our, uh, I've kind of had this whole conversation, right? Where was it I had that conversation? It was on the Bible study yesterday. Oh, because we are also talking about um, the uh, the sheet that came out of the sky. Oh, I love that, Peter. And, yes, Peter. And, uh, and that's we, who, that's how I, that's the verse that the Lord gave me when I went to go eat baby back ribs. <laughs> it's it's actually that's where he talks about everything is permissible to you. All meat is permissible because that's what made oh, Peter I, go eat. Right, right. But we're having this whole discussion about this sheet 
And so I was then coming back. I said, you know, I think it, 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 they're just describing it so we could understand what it kind of looked like. I pictured it, you know, the Northern Lights that you see pictures of up in the northern part of oh, yeah. you know, North America that come up. That's what I think. To me, that's what I, well, that's what I With animals see. On? Yeah, it was just like this this light of, of God coming down out of the sky and now hovering like right there. And in it were, were the animals, as opposed to a real sheet. Not like oh. the sheets we just folded just a few minutes ago. Oh. It's a sheet of light oh, that, yeah. that, that was okay. giving that appearance. As opposed to a piece of cotton? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... <laughs> There was this ginormous piece of cotton in the sky. Right. Yeah. So it could have been made of light or, yeah. Like you want to, what thread? Clouds. Yeah. I would imagine that it's like, you know, really high thread count. Yeah. (laughs) If it was from God. I hope all that made sense. It's just taking the the, uh, explanations and the stories that were given and applying them to the truth of God as opposed to looking at them as some type of fiction. Yes. Um, And so, anyway, didn't mean to take that whole squirrel, but I did anyway because. That's what I do. That's my job here on this show. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Um, so anything else on the devotional that kind of jumped out at you or any of the scriptures that was read? Uh, no, I think the point was uh, the point was really clear. It's just important to be of service in the kingdom. Very good. So today we had uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. We had our service, our, our day of church, spending at our church there. With Pastor Jack Hibbs, yes, uh, another awesome message. Um, what were some of the highlights for you that you you think about today's <laughs> message? <laughs> Thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> well, it is a it is a great passage of scripture. It's a Romans six one. So it's all about. It's a verse actually. I always uh, cite to people and kind of even in a funny way. I cite to Andy. I was like, should. Uh, now that we've been given grace, should sin abound and heavens no? It's this whole thing of antinomianism where you're supposed to, you can't, can't keep on sinning because your sins have been forgiven and just rely on God's grace. And sometimes some of these, um, I don't know, charismatic pastors or prosperity gospel kind of pastors or preachers are constantly emphasizing the goodness and grace of God without emphasizing the importance of repentance and walking away from sin. And, and I was telling Andy uh, earlier that I just love the way Jack explains because he believes in eternal security. And that's an important distinction because I know a lot of people don't, but he does. And so he tries to help us understand what a person who has the indwelling of the, of the Holy Spirit and has eternal security, what that looks like, not only for yourself, but in other people. So the amount of faith it requires and the dependence only on faith and the sealing of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, sealing that soul, that spirit until the day of redemption. And then their life walking out the transformation of having received the spirit. And it's just so as opposed to some people who say, oh, you go to an altar call, you're saved, and then you fall away, and then you're not saved. And that's just not the message of the gospel. I, I adamantly believe that the the problem that we're seeing with people is like the parable of the sower is that people are not actually planting a seed in fertile ground. It's getting choked out by the world or it's fall on, on the asphalt and never actually got planted. So I know there's different of opinions in that, but it was just awesome to hear him explain all that. 
That was good. You know what? What struck me, which was, it was a little. Uh, I think a, a little diversion he took towards the end of the the message today, that he brought up the, you know, the scripture that says that the man is the head of the house. Yes. And and that people go, what? You can't say that anymore. And that's kind of another place that I was kind of going earlier about. You know, you, if you say certain things, that people get mad. So pe- so pastors don't say it anymore. Yeah. Because it upsets people. Um, but what's funny? I was marrying a couple. Um, uh, you know, I got asked to, to marry this couple. And and that was one of the things I read uh, was that particular part. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. And then, uh, and then I also included that uh, the man is to love the woman as Jesus loved the church. It's just kind of like how he talked about it. And I thought this, I, I was, I was really trying to bring that point that, you know, that the Bible clearly talks about how this is supposed to work. And what's so funny is that after I did that wedding, I didn't hear about it until much later. Everybody goes, oh, you did a really good job. And everything, you know, whatever. And, everything. and you were funny. And I had a couple of jokes and everything, that kind of stuff. And then it wasn't until like, I don't know, six months later when somebody was mad at me. And they go, oh, and then when you said that the man is the head of the household, and then and I go, oh, I go, what? I go, I was reading from the Bible. How are you? Why are you mad at me? And I said, I then I said the man is supposed to love his wife as, as Jesus loved the church. Right. <laughs> and and then oh, he's supposed to die for her. I mean, he's supposed to if he's if it's a, a you know, if he's gonna be cru- he gets crucified for her. He gives his life up for her. I go, how can he be <laughs> and they go, Oh yeah, a lot of other people were very upset about that. You bring and I go, and this is coming from a Christian woman. Yes. And I- <laughs> Yes. So it was really kind of funny as Jack was telling you that I was just I had this quick flashback. I go, oh my gosh, I wish I would have had this, but I, I didn't give it that much of a different explanation. No. I, I really some people just don't want to hear it. Wow, but uh, it was uh, something else, and it's so true that um, all these things are are changed and and kind of ignored as as churches are trying to be more pleasing to people and keep people in, inside the inside the building like you were saying about the bible he says some and i've seen it before where they only pass out a new testament as if the old testament is not relevant and then they got to the point where it's not just the new testament it's only the red letters yeah so yeah. it's just yeah, he's like fun. it's absolute heresy and he, how could you understand the new testament without understanding the prophecies of the old testament that's what makes the new testament true is the old testament besides the fact that he said that uh there is no uh, every word of the Bible is inspired by God and it's used for reproof and education and for uh, edification of the body of Christ. And so it's here, Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yes. That was one of my favorites too. Uh, and then Romans 6, 1, 3, um, that um, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. So what was the what was the other version of that? Heavens no. Heavens no. <laughs> God forbid. God forbid. And then the jacked version, uh, the JPV. Jack, or no, Jack. Guys, PJB. PJB. Uh, uh, Pastor Jack uh, version, and that is, what are you crazy man? <laughs> are you out of your mind? Um, and certainly not. How shall we die? How how shall we who died 
to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And I, that was the other thing that I, I really loved about coming to Calvary Chapel Chino Hills is learning that the baptism isn't, isn't the thing that gets you in, in heaven. It does not that, that it's the water baptism. It's, it's just you get you wet. Number one, it's just it's just a, a and that was it. Was it called outward expression? Uh, outward of expression. Your right. Inward devotion. But it's that uh, you know accepting Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, believing that He died for our sins and rose again, um, and then and then uh, again asking for His forgiveness and saying you know up to this point you know now that I have you in my life I want I'm asking for forgiveness. And um, and I repent, and the, and then from that point on, that's that's more of the baptism. Baptism in Christ. Baptism in Christ, where you now you cover yourself with the, with the with the cloak of Jesus Christ. Amen. Which is awesome. But so many good things uh, today uh, out of that message. Uh, Kate says, "I loved how he explained walking and changing. We live out." We live it. We live out in the outer man, clothes the clothes demo, but we constantly changing on the inside, and that influences our behaviors. Kate, I am curious because that wasn't second service. Which service did you see? Because I don't remember that example. It might have been for. What was it again? Maybe she was in first. Because uh, you know, all of them are different. So uh, sometimes he actually uses different analogies, but that's awesome. Okay, and Iris says she loves Pastor Jack's messages too. <laughs> yeah. And Jan is saying, "Hi guys, just want you to know how much I'm loving the new devotional." Oh yay! Don't uh, no, not that I didn't like Mr. Wigglesworth. How did you find this one? It was recommended to us. A lot of people have been recommending Spurgeon because we like Wigglesworth. So, and this we just found this version on Amazon because the English was better. The first, the uh, original one was hard to understand. English was old English. I, I have a hard enough time reading reading these things from the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, so that was much better. Oh, Kate was listening to third service. Yeah, yeah and, and then in the first service, Jack talked about the donkey, uh, the talking donkey. Yeah. And he says, oh, and, you know, my name is Jack, so I'm halfway halfway there with the donkey. He's like, he's saying that he's a talking, talking donkey. But why Jack? Why is the name of the donkey Jackass. Jack? Oh, <laughs> wow. God. <laughs> I'm I slow said. on the uptake, folks. <laughs> I don't get everyday kind of jokes. <laughs> Trying to get better at that, but let's go over my head. He said that this morning. I just laughed. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's a, and I do enjoy that. That you know, each message is a little bit different than the rest because yeah. um, I like watching the first one while I'm getting while we're getting ready, and then sometimes we listen to them while we're driving there. Uh, and then every so often you, you say, are we going to see it when we get there? Yeah. Go, yeah. But it's all, he always throws in little things that are slightly different. Um, and, uh, Kate says, I never heard the donkey one. Yeah. That was the first service. <laughs> I didn't hear it either. It was in the second one. I don't know what he was talking it was about. He was talking about the talking donkey, but I forget what he was using it. But the thing that obviously made me laugh was the, you know, I'm halfway there. Uh, my name's Jack and I'm talking. <laughs> uh, Okay. Uh, oops, whoa, whoa, that was really crazy. Last week, I listened to all three services and they were all different. Yep, absolutely. It's uh, it's fun. 7 a.m. my time. Oh, so she's watching it, the third service in the morning. All right, anything else hitting you today? No. No? 
Oh, you know what? What? We didn't tell people what we what we what we got. We got a teeter. Oh. With your back. Yes. We have to give a report on the teeter. Have you ever heard of a teeter? Yes, the upside down inversion machine. The doctor said that may help. So stay tuned. You're hanging by your feet. Hanging I never, by my feet. never thought that I would see you hanging by your feet. Why? I don't know. It just doesn't <laughs> seem like something you would do. Yeah, no. If it wasn't for the doctor, it was the orthopedic, uh, the pain yeah. specialist. Yes, because I suggested it very early on. Yes. And you said that, you know, what are you crazy? I'm not hanging by my feet. Like, no, I was like scared. I was scared. <laughs> I did not say that. I was scared to do anything that would make it worse. So I didn't yeah. know that it was definitely going to help. But he, when I went to him and I said, I wouldn't take any drugs and I didn't want any injections. He looked at me. He's like, so what do you want me to do? <laughs> Basically kind of like, oh, it's okay. So then what are you here for? And I was like, what about something alternative? Something else that didn't work? He's like, I don't believe in that junk. And none of it works. He's like you could try acupuncture. And he's like, ah, but the teeter machine may actually work. He's like, try that. It's interesting because you think that it was called a teeter because it kind of teeters. But that's not, it's, it's, yeah, but it's not. That's, that's not the ultimate function yeah, of it. The inventor's but... name, his last name was Teeter. <laughs> his name was Teeter, folks. It's not so, because it teeters. I don't know, it was like 10, 15 years ago, somebody was showing it to me or something like that. And I go, oh, is that because it does it? He goes, no, the guy's name is Teeter. Who invented it? I go, what? How was that? It's so funny. Uh, Iris says, my husband had lower back pain, used one, and it did help. Oh, nice. Good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I've had uh, neck pain for years, uh, a couple car crashes and stuff. Um, and uh, right now, this, I, we got it yesterday, and my neck feels fantastic. Nice. And I've been hanging Yay. from it. Uh, it's pretty good. So so far, so good. So we'll give you a report on that. As That has nothing to do with the devotional, but I thought that. <laughs> it's the third squirrel today. <laughs> your Andy chasing the squirrel face today is intense. <laughs> it almost makes me do more. I know. <laughs> I know. You look at me like, how big is the squirrel? Is it one of those little tiny little chipmunk squirrels? Or is it like a big, big fat squirrel that we see out our window every so often? All right. We better tell people, you know what? We should, uh, yeah, tell people about the Edify app. We are members of the Edify Christian Podcast Network, and it is really cool. We've got a whole bunch of podcast options, and please, we encourage you to check it out. If you'd like, download, subscribe to our channel. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Again, that's edifi.app. Yes. edifi.app. That'd be awesome. And that is it. All right. Good night. Good night. I have no squirrels. Thank coming you. To me right I know now. you were thinking of what you were like. Um, maybe you could talk about the new dryer. No. <gasps> yes, we got a new dryer. No. Good night, folks. Our third dryer works. So thanks, thanks for the prayers. Fourth dryer. Four. Yes. <laughs> it's our fourth dryer. God is good. Yes. All right, my friends. We love you. Good night. God bless. <laughs>